Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to episode 120. That's a great, I don't know, that number sounds really cool. 120 of the Galen Trombley Show. The guest I have today. So I've been in the real estate industry for a long time. I've, I've met a lot of people. And there's a wide spectrum of people because we deal with a lot of people. This person is at the very, very top, near the very, very top, whatever you want to call it. She is in the upper echelon of people that you meet in this field. And I'm talking to everybody. I'm talking like attorneys and lenders and agents and everything that I genuinely look forward to seeing you and talking to you because you make me just like, there's people I just like when I talk to and it just makes me happy and I get energized and it's fun. I don't feel stressed and I just feel like it's a fun person to talk to. So my guest today, Nancy McDowell from Community Bank NA. She is the mortgage loan consultant. So I typically work multiple times a year with you directly, but every time I see you, most of the time we don't even really talk business. We just goof Never. off and have fun. That's right. And that's, that's what I like what about, about you. Yes. yes. So Nancy, for people who do not know who you are, welcome to the show. And give us a you. little background on how you got to be 2021 Nancy McDowell. Thank you for having me, first of all. Um, I have been in banking for many years, more than I want to admit on your show. Okay. Um, Over 10. Over 20. Well, you just said that. I was just giving you the out. I've been (laughs) doing this since my 11th year, so you've been around before I was involved. We'll just say that. Yes, I was probably around when you were born. Okay. We'll stop there. Okay. We're just going to end there. Keep going. But I'm young at heart, so that's what keeps me going. (laughs) I started out as a part-time teller, and I really liked the lending aspect. And Kent Backus and Jim Snook, shout out to them. They interviewed me 11 years ago. They did not hire me. No. I had to go back. They hired someone else. That person didn't work out. They called me back, asked me if I was still interested. I said yes, and the rest, as they say, is history. Are you like the Tom Brady of Community Bank then? You got passed up by like 200, like you know, like you were the 200th draft pick, but now you showed up and you're like, you're winning the Super Bowls? That's right. Okay. That's, so that's, that, I like it. That's that's what we'll go with is that they're like the Patriots. You guys are like the Patriots. You just, you got, you got the, you got the person as like a low pick, but you, they, they've outperformed. That's right. You outperformed the scouting report. I did. And now I everybody's do. like, damn, why didn't we pick up on the scouting report earlier? But no regrets. <laughs> No, that's good. I love it. You're still there. I'm you're, still here. You're crushing. So um, did you have when you started, are you from the area first off? Yes, I grew up here. I never moved away. My whole family lives here. I have five sisters and my mom is still here with us. Wow. So I would never leave this area because of because of that, because of my mom. So you have, so there's six girls in the family. That's right. Any boys? No. And your father must have been just a champ. He was a champ. He was an absolute champ, and he loved his girls, and he told my husband when my daughter was born that there's nothing like having a baby girl. I would agree. I, I, well, so is, was, is he a man of few words? My dad? Yes. Not really. Re- well, okay. he wasn't. He passed away in 2015, oh, okay. but um, we, he was very, 
He gave a lot of good advice, and you you never guessed. Okay. I didn't know because I figured if he had like – I've heard some guys that have like a lot of girls are just quiet to do their thing and just kind of – like I find as the more kids I get, sometimes it's just like you got to kind of zone out and just do your thing and not focus as much. Like I just got to like – you hear the crying and the screaming and the fighting. You're just like, I'm just going to keep like prepping dinner. Like it's just not happening. I'm in my own world. So dad was ahead of his time. He was born in 1931, but there was, it was nothing to come home from school and see him ironing. And he did the majority of cooking and my mom worked as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they really taught me the work ethic that I, that I have, honestly. Um, I, I don't leave it at work. I don't think we can. Mm-mm. No. No. When was your first job? Oh, At what I was age? 14. Okay. Now, and I say first job, that's your first like working paper job, got paid, mm-hmm. had a, had a, you were an employee of someplace. Yes. I, maybe I was 15. I was a car hop. Oh. Thank goodness they didn't have us roller skate. Okay. Which car hop? Still, still around? No, it was Jenny's Michigan, okay. Michigan stand out in Redford where I grew up. Okay. So. Um, actually I actually have to go to Redford at the end of the week. Well, past Redford, Standish. Don't blink. Standish. I know. I know. <laughs> There's two gas stations though, like on both sides of the town, which is great. Well, Saranac going in, right going by the school and then like Redford's a few miles away, but then you have another one. So Correct. it's actually, I, I don't mind going through Redford cause you actually have a stop for coffee or gas or bathroom or whatever. So it's not terrible. Um, so were you working prior to 14 and 15 doing no. odds and ends around the house or no? Not really. I was pretty babied. Okay. Are Dad, you the youngest? I am the youngest. Okay. And there's eight years between my sister and I, the closest sister. Oh, okay. And 17 years between my oldest sister and I. Because I, I try to ask, because there's people that have really good work ethics. And usually when you go back in time and you ask them, when was your first job? A lot of people started like at 14. Because I can't say that about everybody. Some people don't start work till college or whatever. Um and then some people work, like I was mowing lawns and doing stuff prior to getting the official work papers, you know, mm-hmm. under the table and doing stuff. So I just grew up always having chores and working and like, if you want something, like you got to do this and this and yeah. get it. And I think that that's molded me because I really, there's no other way for me really to work. I've always liked working. So I'm, is that similar? Yes. Very similar. I've always liked to meet people. Mm-hmm. Um, so my mom, it was just about a mile down the road and my mom or my dad would bring me to work. They didn't want me to walk, obviously. Um, and then as soon as I got my license, I got a job in Plattsburgh at a grocery store. Bagging? Like the front, the, the, yes, the register? Yes, front end, okay. register, bagging. And then I was an office clerical kind of worker. Okay. And then I went into banking and that's that. Now, banking, it, banking's, I'm assuming, wasn't something that you grew up saying, I want to be in banking. No, although okay. I like to grab the lollipops. Yes, so I mean that, yes. that's classic. The lollipops, like I, that, was a highlight when I was a kid too. Right, you go through and you get the lollipop, and it was like, and they're always the generic, like little circle ones that with different colors, but they were the best ones. I don't know why. I, I just think because you could basically by the time you got home, you were finished, you could just toss it away. It was like the perfect like car ride home snack. Yes. So the besides the lollipop, and besides like going in, when what got you into banking originally? I was always money handling at the grocery store. Okay. And then I thought, gosh, I might get better hours if I went to work at a bank because mm-hmm. of banker's hours. Yep. Banker's hours are not really a thing. <laughs> I was just asking, like, is that <laughs> teller or no? Maybe teller? I was a teller. That's but, how I started. I mean, started. would like a banking hour with the teller kind of oh. cut off at the time banking hours roughly? So back when I started, there was a cutoff time and it was two o'clock. Okay. But we that didn't. Seems early. It was. But then... We would balance our drawers and flip to the next date. 
that's old school bank like okay. really old school now there's no such thing as like a cutoff time but what times what times is like the drive through or what times does like the, the the lobby close five or six o'clock but like at five or six like what happens at that is it pretty strict like door shut pretty lock? much i mean we won't turn people away like if somebody's in a lobby you're obviously going to finish the transaction mm-hmm. but um now the world of real estate i i mean we live it there's no off button on good and bad meaning i'm a little different i set my own hours but it, it's you know there's times where someone calls you midday on a saturday and you do have to get an offer in that day and there's sometimes where things ramp up and i'm just so used to it now that that's just it's expected but um and there's flexibility meaning i don't have to be in the office i've mm-hmm. done plenty of work people don't know like sitting on a gondola going up skiing or golfing where or on vacation they don't know where you are and as long as i can answer and call people they you know people don't care as long as it's getting done how have, how do you adjust to that because you're you guys are are you much different than that or no i am okay. maybe others can do that okay i am very ocd i'm very set into my schedule i am in my office by usually seven thirty. And I stay until 4.30 or 5 most nights. And I have my my work phone with me on the weekends. And I have my laptop most weekends so that I can check in at least. Mm-hmm. And if somebody needs something that's an emergency that I can't do over, hey, can I give you a prequal, just an email, and I'll get you the official paper on Monday, I will pop in to the office to oh, do you that will? stuff. Yeah, if I have to. Um because usually I know like most of the time we try to prep clients meeting like, hey, you may not always be able to get to your lender on the weekend because if banking or they don't check their stuff and some some lenders don't, they, you know, you won't hear back till Monday morning. Um, and that's always kind of a tricky thing because sometimes it's obviously someone going in and saying, I got to take like an app and I got to figure all this stuff out on a weekend. Like, yeah, ch- fat chance it's going to happen. But usually like prequal, they've already done the legwork and like they're good if you mm-hmm. need a document. Um, I, I try not to abuse calling you guys, like, I'll just email. I'll just send a quick email. Be like, yeah. Nance, offer's going in late tonight. Can you get me something? And I usually per- prepare the other, the like, say, the listing agent in this case. I may have it tonight, may have it tomorrow, but I'll have it to you soon. Like, and they're going through. Like, usually if I'm like, hey, they're qualified through Community Bank with, and I'll name drop. Be like, Nancy McDowell, Community Bank. Usually people are, you know, at least in our industry, it's a small industry. We're like, yeah, that's fine. Like, I trust Nancy mm-hmm. that she's done, she's done the legwork over. That's a good thing about using lenders that I think have the reputation in the community because usually a lot of times just the name itself is enough for us to say you're good. Like if somebody tells me you got a prequal from Nancy, I'm like, okay, I, I trust that you have something. Mm-hmm. Like Nancy's not just be throwing out papers to people and be like, no. hey, you guys just want a copy of something? Like stamp the letterhead. But um, do you like like the hours? Do you like the, like the, the craziness of the real estate industry? Absolutely, I do. I, I would not do anything else. If I and I've told Kent a million times, there's nothing else I really want to do. So, if you ever do away with my position, I I don't know what you're going to do with me, because I'm a lifer at Community Bank and I'm mm-hmm. a lifelong lender. So now now the now the lending stuff is you don't do anything but lending, right? That's correct, just residential. Um. So. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I look at like lending, it's always a different industry because we work hand in hand, but like what's your favorite part of the lending process or just being a lender in general? Meeting people. I have met so many people, literally hundreds, thousands maybe. And I'm not exaggerating. You know, you lend for mm-hmm. 20 years, you, you meet some really, really neat people. 
Now, do, are you someone when you started out in the industry? Were you very, were you able to communicate with people? Were you open? Were you like very confident when you first got in, or did you grow into that? I think I grew into that, and I'm still not a hard salesperson. I'm too real, I think, to <laughs> yeah. to give those, you know, those vibes like the used car salesman. I don't know. So, this is my impression. Like when 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 I do so. Going back, like I was nervous when I first got in. I was twenty, so like I was like young. I didn't like really know what I was doing, and um, so part of it was like the nervousness, and I didn't have the confidence to. Re- it's like saying a, um, it's like giving public speaking. You don't really know the topic that well. Like that was me. Now you're like, hey, Galen, go speak in front of everybody and talk about real estate. I'm like, okay, like how much time do I have because I can just ramble and I can mm-hmm. go on. So I feel very confident with people, but I wasn't always that way. I could always talk to people, but it just if I didn't. Like if you were to just see me in the side, we were like in a waiting room or something and we just started talking, I could have a conversation. I could always talk to adults, but to, you know, run or talk about real estate. And I had this conversation with a younger agent actually yesterday. And I told her, I said, listen, I said, you have to know in our position, you are, you're the host. You're the, you're the, you're the person running the dialogue. You are, you're going at your speed. Like if you're the same with you, if someone comes to your office and sits down you're running the show. So you do have control and you can project that you can go the speed you want. You can ask the questions you want. You you can direct the whole conversation, the mm-hmm. whole meeting. But I said, you have to know that. And then number two is you got to just have the confidence that not, not confidence of, you know, giving up stuff that you don't overpromise, don't say stuff you don't know, but you have to have confidence in what you say, meaning don't feel nervous. So like be like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. Like, what do you need? Like, and that's something that I grew into, and now I have a lot of confidence in most most meetings. I pretty much know what I'm doing or know how to find the answer, mm-hmm. um, and that takes time, but that was always something that was tough. Did you find that was tough for you, or did you kind of just roll into it naturally? And It took a little time, but it, it really is a natural fit for me to do what I do and meet the people that I meet. Um, I honestly thought I would be nervous doing this because it's a little... You're great. You're great. It's a little bit out of my comfort zone. You're great. Nobody's listening. You're fine. You're fine. That's why I always tell people. I said, don't, it's just you and I. And people will listen later, but you're fine. Nobody's seeing it. This isn't live. So you're good. Like I just, it's a conversation. If you totally blow up, I'll, I'll, I'll like, or cross my fingers, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll delete it, but you're okay. good. You're doing great right now. <laughs> good. Good to know. <laughs> so like I said, we try to make this a little more fun and, and lively. And so take away... You know, okay, we, we do the we do lending. We talk to clients. Like, what's your approach? You're not a salesy person, and I oh. agree. You're you're very easy to talk to. I think you're very real with clients. You're very realistic. You're very good about setting expectations. Um, when you talk to clients, like, what's your what's your vibe when they go into you? I try to mirror what their vibe might be. If they're business like, I'll try to be a little more business like. But if if I feel like I can crack a silly joke, then I'll do that to lighten the mood. <laughs> I think people can relate to me and I, I really do for whatever reason, just the, the natural easiness of, I think you're an approachable person. Do you, do you agree? Yes. Okay. That's, that's my vibe. Anytime I met you, you've always just seemed like, she just seems like she's nice. Thank you. You just got that. Cause sometimes they have like, people have like the scowl on their face or they just kind of look like the, like the, uh, the resting, you know, the R- yes. it, RBF they call it. So kind of one of those faces you're like I don't really want to go talk to that person you I don't get that vibe I always see you laughing you know kind of a smile or enjoying what you do I do enjoy life like I try to thank 
God or whomever for something every day. And I think if you wake up being thankful, then you carry it through your day. And then eventually your days become weeks and months and it's your life. So optimistic. Yes. I I think if you're not in life, if you're, this is another thing. When I started to get like really like into it and just had fun, it was about five to six years ago. And I'm like, you know what? I'm getting more confident. Like I feel very, let's just have fun. I started having fun. The amount of people I've met in the last five years have, or yeah, probably six years now, 2021, has like skyrocketed. And a majority of these people are really cool people. Meaning, you know, positivity attracts positivity. Yes. Nice people attract nice people. Negative people attract negative people. So like, I find that lately I haven't had a lot of negative people in my life because I just really like, I just like am positive and I search out the positivity, positive of positive people. Yes. So I'm assuming that's you. That's Nancy McDowell in a nutshell. Well, my husband and I, we hang out together. There's just the two of us now. My daughter lives in Burlington. And he'll say to me, who was that you were talking to at the grocery store for so long? And I'll say, I have no idea. I have no clue who that was. Mm-hmm. I just started a conversation. Oh, not, not like you didn't recognize who they were no, or forgot like, who they were, but you just didn't know. Total complete strangers. It's been lesser due to COVID mm-hmm. because people are like... And you, you got masks and stuff. Yeah, like. the mask and... People are really just trying to do their thing and get out of the public place. I think that's been the hardest for me with COVID is like, I got a hug today. Wow. Yeah. From Nicole. Oh, she's a hugger. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I have missed this so much. I have missed that human contact with, with people. It it is. No, I I agree because going out, I mean, I'm a pretty social butterfly. I like to go out and meet people. And it's like, I just find us again, have a conversation earlier this week with the girls. I'm like, I just miss like the lunches and the coffees and yes. going out with people or, the, or even like the after hours. Cause it's like, I, I just miss people and I'm sitting there. I'm like, I got to just start ramping back up. Like, you know, let's go to lunch. Let's get coffee. Let's go do stuff. And, but the thing is there's like, some people have limitations. Like sometimes their, their employee doesn't want them to go or sometimes they're working from home and like, I'm really not in the area. So I've kind of put some of that on the back burner knowing that my, my, my options while there's still a lot, they're more. They're probably about thirty percent of my normal like group of people. And then some people just don't want to really go out. You know. Yeah, I'm hesitant to go out in a group. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband and I will go out for lunch once a month or dinner, and then we'll make sure we don't get COVID. And then a month later, we'll we'll try it again, and uh, that's how we've been kind of dealing with it. We we want our lives back, but not at the expense of our health. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, it, it's. I, I've been. Well, I say I've been good. I I, uh, I don't know when I, I, like I got COVID and I don't know when I got it, but um, it was funny because when you backtrack like where you were, I'm like, I didn't really, I mean, I, I see people, but you're like, you mask and I really, I'm not near, I work in here, even the girls, I'm really not near the girls at all unless like I'm talking to them. And usually it's like you're standing a distance away, standing at the door, standing at the opening. So, um, so it's just one where I've tried to do what I've needed to do. I, I I have tried to still maintain a level of normalcy the best I can. Meaning mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not like a shut in, like I won't just stay like because people have different levels of, you know, and a lot of it is, you know, you have pre consistent conditions, you have you're older and I you know, it's it's no joke. I mean you get it. I can totally see why they say like older people shouldn't get it or mm-hmm. people that have maybe a weakened immune system. Um, the biggest thing is just you end up being like tired longer like that's that's the the, it's just like a it's like a lingering effect like other than that you feel fine 
it's just a couple days of just like, hey, I want to just lay down. But then it just turns into like low energy. It's like mm-hmm. don't, nothing hurts. You just, hey, I just don't want to spend as many hours of the day doing what you normally do. She's like, right. I kind of want to go to take a nap or I just want to go home and relax. And um, that's probably been the only thing that I would point to as the biggest negative of it. But it's, it's a weird, weird time. It is a weird time. Do you recognize people with masks on now? No. Okay. I I've gotten better. I have a better. hard time with it, masks on. It's still tough, but I'm getting used to like recognizing people with just the mat, like with eyes and above. I, once they start speaking, I use like the voice recognition mm-hmm. and I'll look and I'm like, oh, okay, that's who you are. And I'm so sorry. And I always apologize because I feel like a schmuck you, like, for not recognizing them. Like when you talk about like not, uh, not recognizing people. Okay. If for some reason I saw you grocery shopping and I'm like. And you said, hey, Galen, and I'm like, and I kind of caught off guard. I'd be, I, I could say, no, I would know you. But I'm saying like if somebody I didn't recognize, mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, who are you? Oh, oh, my God, I didn't recognize you because of the mask. Maybe it's just because I didn't recognize them. But because that's happened too where you just so see people. So it's a people, good excuse. It's an excuse. So I, yes. I, like, I bang on that excuse. So I'm like, uh, I'm like, oh, my God, Tom, my God, I didn't recognize you. You had the mask on. I'm like, oh, I didn't recognize Tom to begin with. <laughs> but thank you, Tom, for wearing the mask. Give me an out. So I've used that multiple times. That's a good one. It, and And... And you do, you just got to sell it a little bit. You'd be like, oh my God, yeah, how you doing? How's, and then I, my, my generic question is, how's the family? <laughs> like, you don't really know the person. Like, hey, how's the family? That's like, a oh, good one. Yeah, Susie's doing great. I'm like, okay, this is this person. Yeah, great. Susie, she's still at school, whatever. So that that's that's something to try to keep everybody. Because a lot of people we see, but it might be years, might be months, might be you. Like, you might see them for a split second, you know, at a meeting and kind of go over stuff. And a lot of our stuff's communicated by phone. So sometimes you don't see you know the client, they tell you who they are, but they're like, oh my God, I, I apologize. I didn't recognize you. How are you doing? Because like, once I know someone, then it comes right back. I know how I met them, what we talked about, where they live. I have a very odd memory when it comes to houses. Like I can remember a lot of houses. Yes, the address, the appraisal. Oh, I more, remember. More than me, but yeah. Yeah, your house was valued at like 200000 when you thought it was only one fifty. I remember you now. Yeah. That's a great appraisal, though. If they got two hundred, they got fifty thousand over value. Well, it's happening right now. <laughs> I know. So, how how you found that the that's a good that's a good thing because right now prices are insane, like from where they have relative in in and I find that for the most part, my nervousness was sometimes appraisers don't go don't put the values up as quick as the market goes up sometimes because they have to use past numbers, which I found that we haven't seen as many. As many like low appraisals as I was expecting us to have. I have not. I think I had one and it was a drive-by for an equity. Okay. And I did a little back work, you know, a little bit of begging, if you will. And we're making it work. So it hasn't been bad then? No, not at all. Yeah. I'm I'm absolutely shocked. I thought the appraisal process was going to be a nightmare um, when we came back, because I'm like, these values are going to go flying through the roof, which mm-hmm. they have. I mean, are, the values we're looking at now from even a couple of years ago, it's not uncommon for homes to sell 30000 above what they would probably two years ago, three years ago. And obviously this is like, I mean, I'm kind of generalizing here, but like a lot of these values, it's very tough when you're talking within months, houses going ten to $15,000 higher than what I, maybe I met someone in the fall. I'm like, yeah, I think I could sell here. All of a sudden in the spring, I'm like, we'll we talk 175 is like, Man, it might be like 190, 195 right now. And they're getting those values. And then, of course, appraisers have to use the values we were looking, can go back as far as what we were looking back what, six months ago. And sometimes that's what makes me nervous. I'm like, well, they're going to come up with like a 180 valuation when it should be 195. 
but we haven't seen it, which I'm pumped. Oh, that and, is and a good, good thing. on the appraisers too. They're, they're understanding the, the the rising number and rate and yeah. stuff. I think they're they have the finger their fingers on the pulse of our market. That, good. That's it. I like right? that. Is that it? That, that was good enough. <laughs> confidence, Nancy. Just said it and like, boom, got it. So um, now a question for you and ask Monty this because um, Monty actually, when she mentioned you, so shout outs. And I, I, I told her I can call her Monty now just for, you know, whatever. Because I always mess her name up and I always feel bad because I just, I pronunciate words terribly. So she, but she's cool. And so Monty said, you should have Nancy. Or Nancy started talking about Nancy. I'm like, don't worry. Nancy's on my list. Really? And I, I swear, I have a list on my phone. It says podcast guests. And it's a long list of people that I want to have on the podcast. And as they come on, I bump them up. So usually I start at the top and I just, and they're totally randomized or not in alphabetical order. So I'm like going through and her name happened to be above your name. So I'm like, don't worry. She's on the list. I will get down to her. And that was just kind of funny because I'm like, it's... It's people I like to talk to or people that I find that are cool. So then, Oh, I love Monty. Yeah, and she's the best. She is the best. And we've talked about maybe me switching locations to work on Margaret Street, but we both know. Because she used to be your, your wing partner. Yes. We, she was across the hall. Yes. And we know that nothing would get done and we would not be productive and we would, I don't know, go look at Tesla's or whatever. And that was a mess, by the way, that day. Not in a bad way. I just, I, I had like, no clue what was going on. Where's Galen? And he's, I'm like, well, he said he's here. Oh, he said he's out the back door. Like, oh, I thought you guys were slipping out the back. I, if this was, if I knew this was like front door end, I would have rolled up on the front. And then I was like sitting there and I'm like, man, cause I was kind of late. I was behind on a couple of appointments rolled in and I was like, listen, I'm going to go get him. And, uh, I just, and then, um, then all of a sudden Andy was there. I'm like, wait, what is going on? I thought he was giving me crap cause you know, and I was like, what, what, what are you doing here? And you look like a bum just walking out. And I love Andy. But walking like down the side of the road all like mishmash. And I was like, then you guys came out. It was fun. We, we had a good time. It was. And I love your car. You need to drive it though. I don't know about that. If you saw my driving or I get tickets. That's fine. It's not that. You get t- Are you like a lead foot? Yes. How many tickets have you had in your life? Oh my goodness. More than you can count. Is this, Nancy, is this because of speeding or is this just because of poor, like, driving? Speeding. Okay. Always. Okay. Always speeding. Are you and always late or are you just... No, I'm just, just always fast. fast. I like to drive cars the way they were meant to be driven. I like it. There you go. That sounds... That sound, that, uh, now, what... Um, do you do, like, cruise control a lot? Or you just... Never. Okay. I like to have control. I always do cruise control because I know if I don't, next thing I know, I'm going down... It's 45, I'm all of a sudden I'm going 62, and I'm like, oh crap, we pull it back. I need to take that back. There is one road that I've gotten a ticket or two on that I use cruise control. Okay. And it's the Flat Rock Road, if anyone is out yep. there listening. Because Flat Rock at the end is 35 miles an hour. Yes, you and, can't go 52. Nope. And, and the problem is, on some of those roads, like why is it, a lot of the roads down that direction, they're all 35 as you get down. Turner Road's the same thing. And it's like, why? Turner Road, is, there's nobody on it. Right. It's just fields for the most part. And all the houses are pretty much set back from the road. So it's like, and I'm not going like 70 down this thing. I'm, I'm going like 45, 50. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, by the way, it's a 35. I haven't gotten a ticket on it. But some of, there's a few times that, and there's a couple places where I look at where I think there should be more guidelines. Like when you, do you know the um, Banker Road and Route 3? Yes, that's a terrible intersection. That should not be a blinking red light. That should be a, that should be either a four way stoplight. It should be a four way stoplight. Personally, I think because mm-hmm. I know it's fast, but the problem is there. 
one, those cars come up way too quick. And two, I know they're signed to say, you know, through traffic does not stop. But I've seen more accidents on that. Like, I've lived in Morrisonville like six years now. I probably have seen an accident at least every year. And that's just what I've come across. Like, legit me driving by the accident scene. Like, I'm sure there's been accidents. I just haven't driven that way. Right. So there's I, and that's right by the town. And the other problem is when Nova bus gets let out, like shifts, do not go near no like that stretch around three thirty in the afternoon. And there's another shift time, probably early in the morning. Mm-hmm. It is bumper to bumper, and everybody's just trying to whip out in front of traffic to go because they've been waiting for however Ever. 10, 15 minutes to just get out at the end of the road. That's a problem. There's a three way stop sign on Salmon River Road. That's a problem. Salmon River Mason. That's oh connects. yeah. There's a huge vision issue there. Yep, because you come down over the hill and there's a stop sign and you can't see it. The same thing near Beartown. When you come off the hill down Jersey mm-hmm. Swamp, there's a sign right there. I don't know why. Who came up with three-way stop signs where one lane doesn't stop? Make them all four-way or just make that just straight and you just have two side ones. I, I've never understood that. But, I mean, obviously they have it for a reason. But there's certain times where I think there should be more regulations on certain spots, which would cause slower speed. And this, as I've gotten older, I think I've gotten a little more like calmer driving, but kind of. But that's those are a couple spots that jump yeah. out. There also should be a on Tom Miller Road and Military Turnpike. There should be an arrow to turn left to go down and to go to both arrows. There's no arrows there because sometimes that backs up quite a bit. Oh yeah. And the problem is you could be sitting there needing to take a left, and all of a sudden there's ten cars that have to drive, and by the time they pass, it's already back to red. Just go. I, I usually I am mer- joking. I'm joking. Oh, no. I, this is what I do, Nancy. I'm gonna, full disclosure. I pull into the intersection. If I'm the first car, I pull into the intersection, wait for everybody to go by. Because once it goes red, I'm in the intersection. You can't drive, so I just take off. Just go. Technically, I think that is legal. I think you can do that. I don't know. I th- but I, if it's illegal and I do it, you can bet I oh, will get I, that ticket to prove it. Yeah, I do it. So I my, my record, I think I got pulled over seven or eight times in one year. That's a lot. That was a record. Now, one of them was a fix-it ticket, which most of them were speeding. Out of the eight, I think I got three tickets. How do you manage that? Because every time I get pulled over... You get a ticket. I get a ticket. You don't cry hard enough, Nance. I don't cry at all. I fall like a baby. (laughs) literally so mad at myself. The last ticket I got, true story, I tried to grab it out of the trooper's hand, but I was seatbelted in, and it was the middle of winter, so I had a big winter jacket on and I could barely move like the little kid from Christmas story yeah, Randy and he saw me coming and backed up and he held it out of my reach I think this is what happens because I'll get pulled over and if it's at night I turn all the lights on I pull all the windows down because I'm like listen I'm going to comply here's all my stuff you need and then I'm one of those people do you know why I pulled you over most of the time I, I really don't know why they pulled me over because sometimes I'm not paying attention to the speed so I'm like I don't know but it, was I speeding and they're like, yeah, you're going a little fast. I'm like, hey, honestly, wasn't paying attention. Probably was. Like, I, I, I agree with them. I'm like, full on. I don't think you're going to pull me over for not for no reason. So I probably was speeding, wasn't paying attention, whatever. So usually they ask me some questions and then they kind of come back. Sometimes they're just like, ah, just where, where are you going? I'm like driving home. I drive to work or home. I really have a pretty basic life. So I'm like, I'm going home or going to work. Like one of the two. And usually I, I've been lucky enough to get out of most tickets. And they're not like... They're not reckless driving. It's like, you know, you might be going, it's a 45 and I'm going 60. You know, it's like a little faster than I should, but it's not like I'm driving like recklessly down the road. Like I don't even know. I'm like, I thought I was in the 55. Like, 
52 so. and a 35 is my sweet spot. I can see that though. Because right? th- 35 it's not is not really speeding. 52 just isn't speeding. And not really. There's one section of road I always go under the speed limit. And I don't know why it's, again, it's the turnpike down past CV Tech, Bosey's, down past like Hungry Bear, and mm-hmm. then down to the uh, Ruger Connects. That stretch is a four, is 55, I believe. Really? Or is it 45? I don't know. I don't go that way often, but that's a busy road. It's a busy road, but it's it's actually faster than I think because a lot of times I start driving and I'm going like 35 to 40 down that road, and I think it's 45 or 55, and I have to constantly, maybe it's 45, I have to constantly get like, okay, I can go probably 50. I'm usually like 10 to 15 miles an hour too slow on that road, not even thinking because I just feel like I'm in like more of a residential because there's businesses and there's a lot of traffic cars going in. I'm always under. For some reason, it's the only place in the county where I under speeding. Un- not speeding. Under? Under I'm, the limit. Under the limit. What's what's the opposite of what's not, speeding? <laughs> under non-speeding? S- slowing. <laughs> slowing? Slowly. <laughs> like under speeding makes no sense. But you guys get the gist. Um, Nance, how do you stay organized in life? My uh, e-calendar. Calendar? Yeah. E-calendar meaning electric calendar? Yes. My Outlook at work has a calendar. Most everything goes in that. And I also still do the old school in my purse. I've got the agenda book. Is that a banking thing? The agenda? Yes. I mean... Absolutely, yes. I mean, the bank... Because a lot of people I know that are in banking or finance carry pen and paper for their notes. Yep. I like like a notebook for notes. I don't like it for an agenda. I like having a digital because I can move stuff easy. And I can delete it and I can color code and everything else. Yeah. It is really disappointing when I ink in an appointment in my personal book. You get crossed out. And I have to cross it out. I use white out because I can't stand the the cross hash marks. I asked Alex Berry. I asked her about this. And you know Alex? I do not. Okay. Well, CDC Real Estate. Great. Uh, great girl. And she was talk, talking about what she does. So I'm like, oh, do you pencil stuff in? She goes, no, I put it in pen. I said, well, what happens if things change? Because I just cross it out. Because by the end of the week, things are crossed out, moved, and I'm like, that gives me a little bit of anxiety. Yes, anxiety because of the cross marks. Yes, and and I think just partly because now there's just, I I don't like when there's clutter. So to me, if there's clutter writing, then it's just clutteredness, and then I'm just like, oh, I don't like. I I I and I don't change schedules a lot. So if you were to tell like this, if you were to tell me two months ago, Galen. Whatever time on this date we're going to meet and do the podcast, it goes in my calendar and it will not be moved unless you tell me, hey, Galen, I can't make it or I got to change it. I am much the same way, except I had to cancel our luncheon due to COVID a yes. couple of months ago, but I was really, no, and a and lot that's of anxiety. understandable. But and, and right now, like I said, a lot of things I'm very flexible and give like passes on a lot of stuff because I'm like, it's, you know, it's understandable. People have stuff going on, but for the most part, I'm always good at, it could be a day, it could be two weeks, it could be three months. I have it on my calendar and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to show up because sometimes I'm going to call and see if someone can go. And then I got to the point where like, you know, I'm just going to show up if they don't, depending where it is. Obviously it's a long drive. I might just check in, but if it's someplace simple and I I find that moving, the reason I hate to move stuff on my calendar is because I hate, I hate putting people out, I guess it would call it. Like Mm -hmm. I, I value I like my time. I value, so I want to value other people's time. So I find if I'm just sitting there like, Nance, hey, your appointment was great, but I'm going to, can we move you like here or there? And I'm, I'm pretty flexible. If somebody says, can we move? But I hate 
putting that on somebody. You hate being the mover. I hate being the mover because I hate p- putting... Because I don't know. I could say, hey, Nance, could you move the podcast from one of the two? And you might say, absolutely. I If I was going to do work before or after, I could just move it. But what happens if I, I did that and you say, yeah, totally fine. All of a sudden, that pushed something back. And then maybe you had something going on tonight. Maybe you're going out tonight with your husband. And then you said, hey, honey, I can't go out to lunch because I had to move my podcast back. And now it's this chain effect. This just goes through my mind when I move really? stuff. I probably overthink stuff. But I'm like... I don't know what else they have going on in the day, and I don't want to be the one to move it. So I will sit there and be, even if something was convenient for me to move it, an hour would be way more convenient. I'll put it You'll like, still- I'll move something in the evening, backtrack, do something, because I'm like, I are, that person has precedence. And I if we had this podcast and someone was like, hey, can you list my home on Tuesday at 1 o'clock? I would say, no, I have an appointment. Like, I would keep whatever my appointments are because I honor the I'm, I'm big on honoring the first person that got the time slot in there. That's nice. I just think that, because I think that's a... Considerate. It's considerate. It's very considerate. And I wish people would do that more because I've been bumped. And it's fine. And I, I again, I'm, I don't take it to heart when someone bumps my times, but I try not to do it to people. Yeah. And it's, I don't mind the bump. It's the no-show. The no-show. Well, uh, yeah. The no-show. Because the, no-show. Show. the no-show to me either means you aren't... They're not Give me your as in, opinion on the no-show. They're not as invested as you were in what their intent was. Or they were lazy and disorganized and didn't write down to, to mark it down. Or maybe, that. And, and maybe they have a bad memory. I have a terrible memory. But I'm neurotic about like if you but told me something. That's why you write it down. Well, see my thing is my phone's always on me. So I'll pull my phone out and I'll put it in the calendar at that moment. Or I'll email myself and say schedule podcast with nancy yes i am a huge emailer to myself that's my to-do list yes so do you find then you just start working off that list that's what i was doing all day today like just stuff i had to get done and it could be as simple as that like i had somebody that messaged me and just like set up this appointment because otherwise and then i just queue in to go look at the text message and i have all the information but just like hey so-and-so wants to see a home then i just know okay don't forget to yeah, sometimes your your best laid plans can fly right out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, I always have in my mind, so I also am very organized in my mind. So I go in in the morning and I can literally pick up any mortgage file. And I have quite a few of them going and say, I'm waiting on the appraisal. Or gosh, I've got to reach out to this guy. I didn't get his XYZ. Um, but sometimes things will be on my calendar and then I'll get a call. Hey, Galen told me to give you a call. Can you call me back to prequel? So that will kind of push some of the other things back. But mm-hmm. I always know I can look at my calendar and say, okay, I might not have time this afternoon, but I know that first thing in the morning, because I'm there so early to organize myself, mm-hmm. I will have that time between eight and nine. Are, are you good at, are you good at ending work at the end of the day? No. Okay. I will, I'll get up and go home at say five o'clock, but I'll maybe bring something home or check my email as soon as I get home. I don't like having things out there. Mm-hmm. I like to return my calls. Mm-hmm. I like to tie up those loose ends before I go home. I, yeah, the, the, the hard thing for me is if I have, if I, I'm getting better at it, but it's something I really am like focused on is that if I have stuff at the end of the day, instead of saying I need to get it done tonight before I go to bed, I so I'm not working nine to eleven at night. I'll just sit there and be like, you know what? No, I don't need to. I'm gonna spend time with my wife. I'm gonna take this and I'll do it first thing in the morning. Cause I, cause again, in our world, nothing's 
I nothing's gonna unless an offer is getting submitted by like a deadline. Nothing's happening between probably five o'clock p.m. to eight thirty nine o'clock a.m. So that's a good way to look at so it. So like ten p.m. at night or eight a.m. in the morning, same time. Nothing's getting done. Attorneys aren't returning my calls. Most banks, lenders, again, you're you're gonna get a call from me and be like, "There's absolutely nothing I'm gonna change between now and tomorrow, anyways." I'll just call in the morning. And a lot of it's true. It's like because we have to have we have to set. Even though we make our own schedule, you're your own like hardest boss. So you have it's to true. like allow yourself to have some downtime, and it's tough. I like I when I say I work, I actively am conscious of it and try to make it happen. I had a borrower that worked. I think like seven in the morning. He did doubles mm-hmm. seven in the morning to like ten at night, and I knew that that's when he would be looking at my emails or whatever I had sent him. So I would stay up while I was doing his loan so that I could answer his texts. Yeah, and, and you know, and I don't mind doing that for people. Yeah, and I would and that that happens a few times a year, right? And, yeah, I mean, and, and it's, it's no big, it's yeah. no big deal. It's not a regular occurrence, and a lot of it is, and you know, the person's not being um, careless. They're just like, listen, right. I physically can't get to my phone until that time. That's right. Yeah, so that that and, and those are ones that I agree. I, like, I'll stay up later and talk on the phone about going over a contract because husband and wife can't get together until you know nine thirty, ten o'clock at night, and. I'm like, hey, you know what? That's fine. As long That's as I fine. know about it, I plan for it. But it, it's the uh, it's the files. Like, I just got to get be fine with not, like I said, having a few open-ended things and saying it's not the end of the world. Like, it will get done. So for a little while in my life, I had insomnia. Okay. And it was terrible. I would be up from probably midnight until 4 a.m. So I thought to myself, how can I make this work for me? And I would return emails. And people would be like, what in the heck are you doing, Nancy? It's like 3 a.m. And I'd be like, I'm making insomnia work for me. So insomnia, I mean, just insomnia, you had no reason or no, like, wasn't like stress or wasn't like think about work or wasn't just, I don't really know what it was. I'm a high anxiety person anyway. Like, you know that. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It was about the time my dad got sick. So I think it was kind of spilling over. Um, I just made it work for me. And I have to tell you, I sleep so good now. Like it. Thank, thankfully, because I don't wish insomnia on anyone. It was, you know, no one is around between midnight and four. You yeah. know, there's not a lot to and do. If they are, there's probably not the people you want to be with. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There'll so, be a lot of good people between midnight and. You know, and four. I would just get up and go downstairs and check my email and return what I could, and it kind of made the mornings were a little bit rougher during that period of time. Did Did you schedule your emails or you just like send them out? Like if you typed it at three thirty, it was gone at three thirty. That's right. Because sometimes I. I started hacking this. If I was responding between kids go to bed between 8, 45, 9 o'clock till 11, if I was doing emails, I would set it for the next morning. Because my problem was I knew some clients would start returning stuff. So I didn't want them to know that I was working between 9 and 11. So I wanted all my emails to go out like 8, 9 o'clock the next morning. So it made it look like it was... No one really... The only feedback I got was, are you insane? You're, in, you're returning emails at 3 a.m. I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't really sleep good, so I'm making it work for me. Making what? Lemonade at le- lemonade, lemonade out of lemons. lemons. And that is one of my favorite sayings in really? life. Yes. Yeah, I say it. So I'm the optimist of the family. Okay. And I'll say to my sisters, well, you know, we've got to make lemonade out of those lemons. And they'll be like, oh, geez, here comes Nan with her lemonade saying again. Like they literally roll their eyes at me when I say that because I am really the eternal optimist. I try to just find that bright spot in life and and go for it. The uh, 
what it what is the uh, speak, speaking of that? Because that every time I hear about making lemons or like optimistic, you know what comes to my mind, which is a great segment, is touch of gray. Yes. So every silver lining, right? Every, every silver lining is a touch, touch of gray. gray. And I've always thought like touch of gray, meaning that it's like there's always like a middle ground. It's not like good or bad. But silver lining, meaning like there's an opportunity. There's something that like the silver, like dark, but the silver lining is like there's an opportunity or a chance or something positive that you could make. Like I said, you can make the lemonade out of the lemons. Um, the only reason I say that. So fun fact about Nancy, which I, I don't remember when you told me this, but you said at one point that you were a fan of the Grateful Dead. Yes. I got pumped because I also am a fan of the Grateful Dead, which... If people know me now, I think some people that like have met me in the last five years, like, how are you a fan? I'm like, dude, if you go back to like high school, college, like growing up, I grew up mostly in the summer. My, we spent a lot of time down at my family camp in Shazy. My, and during the summer, I saw a lot of my cousins and my, one of my uncles is a huge dead fan, Grateful, Grateful Dead fan before they were the dead. He saw a lot of the original lineup and we would go to his house. And he always had music on. And the music was, you know, 60s, 70s, not much 80s, but mostly like 60s and 70s. So I grew up with like classic rock was my Mm -hmm. jam. Favorite genre of music until I was probably like in high school. So I like, when I was a kid and Grateful Dead was his favorite band. So the amount of times I'd roll in and there was just dead playing. And I like to me, it's like such a nostalgic band for me because yeah, I know the songs. It, they're just so happy. And uh, I have to I tell you it. a story. This There's no silver lining in this story. Okay. So this is unlike me to tell it. Okay. So it was 1993, I think, maybe 1994. Okay. A group of friends, they're going to see the Grateful Dead. Jerry was still alive. Was this in Highgate? Probably. Okay. I can't remember because that was a lot of years ago. The only reason I say that is my parents went with my uncle when I was a kid and went to my grandma and grandpa's house. I just remember they went to the Grateful Dead. It was in the 90s, early 90s. Yep. And I was married at the time. I mean, I still am. And my husband says to me, let's go. And I said, oh, he's going to be around next year. It's not good timing. Oh, you're right. mm. And he died. Jerry died. 94. And I did not. 94? 93 or 94. I can't remember the year. And I have not lived that down. So you never saw Jerry perform? No, because I said, no, we'll go next year. But there was no next year. And what a bummer. So flash forward, you know, now they're the dead with John Mayer. Yeah. We saw them at SPAC. And my John Mayer's phenomenal. Yes. So we're sitting at dinner with a friend of ours. Shout out to Mike V. And we, you know, we look at their schedule and they're going to New Orleans. That is one of my favorite places on this earth. We say, let's go. We book the tickets. We get to New Orleans. Morning of the show, John Mayer's appendix burst. No. Yes. So my husband is like, this is awful. I'm like, listen, we are in the literally the funnest, if that's a word, we are in the funnest city in the United States. I think we can find something to do. So I took, we took those lemons. We made lemonade and we had a great day. So they canceled the show. Yeah, they had to cancel the show. And we couldn't go back. I can't remember why we couldn't go back when they when they rebooked it. That's a tough rebook though for you. Because it's a trip. It's a trip. It's not like, oh man, like it's in Montreal or Albany or New right. York City. Like um so how many times have you seen the dead? 
I think twice, both at spec. Because I went my first time ever, my only time seeing them. And the problem is I, I have nobody to go with. This is the issue because my wife doesn't care for them. And it's like hit or miss because I'd have to like get people to go. Well, so if you go, let me know because I would take you up on that. Absolutely. Mark the, and I would love it. Oh, if you go to SPAC, let me know because I'm all, I, oh, I love, I love Grateful Dead music. So the thing is we went, we saw them at Times Union Center, which was in Albany. And this mm-hmm. is back in 2009. So this was over 10 years ago. Only time I've ever been to the Grateful Dead. I was a freshman in college, I think it was. I think it was what what my parents, my uncle, like there was like twenty people that went, like that we knew. It was like a huge caravan of people, and we weren't like taking like the hippie bus, but we all drove down in cars. But right. we we had a great time. Went through um, Shakedown Street. Now Shakedown Street, for people that do not know this, Shakedown Street is it, it's like a mini little um, vendor village. Um, and when I, I say vendor village, I use it loosely because there's a lot of a lot Stuff. of um, self-started entrepreneurs that are there. Grilled cheese sandwiches. Any yes, and any like cheap, quick, like grilled cheese sandwich. I actually, oddly enough, they were making grilled mm-hmm. cheese sandwich. I do remember that. Um, not a lot of high-end cooking. No. Basically, we throw it on a little George Foreman or whatever, That's right. and just fry it up. And I remember getting a T-shirt. I'm like, give me a medium. Well, I still have the T-shirt to this day. If that was a medium, this shirt was at least an extra large. I've never worn it to this day. I'd even wear it that day. I'm like, I can't wear this. It's going to be like down to my knees. It was medium on the tag, but it was not. It was not a no, medium. No, it was not a medium. So somebody was maybe The design confused, was cool. The right? design was like the wheel. It was like a wagon wheel. And um, and so ba- basically, it's just this wild, crazy, like tie-dyed city, whatever. Yeah, it's like a mini city. It's like a. Socio... Pop-up. It's a pop-up vendor village. Yeah. It's incredible. So we walk out. This hippie bus pulls up and all decked out. Looked like it came straight from Woodstock. And I was sitting there looking at it. The guy rolls down the window and says to somebody, where's Albany? Says this. Where's Albany? Shakedown Street is right here. The venue's right there. And I'm like... And the guy goes, hey, you're here, man. And he's like, yeah. And all the... It was like typical... It was like... Remember like Forrest Gump when like Jenny yes. gets on the bus? All the windows were down and they're like... Yay, they started cheering. And this thing, I'm looking in there, I'm like, it looked like Pigpen from, not for the Grateful Dead Pigpen, but Pigpen from like the... the Snoopy. Snoopy, yeah. And I'm like, nobody in that nobody in that bus has bathed in probably two weeks. And I just remember like, look, I'm like, this thing, what? where am I right now? So they went, and of course, like I'm this like sheltered kid from upstate New York, <laughs> like going down like into the, the, the wild, wild west that is a Grateful Dead show. I remember going into the venue, there were cops outside the venue I believe it was the only concert that we actually didn't have to go through like like a metal detector. You know, I think at some point they just say, oh my gosh. Th- th- this was the cop's thing was like, get in, do your stuff, and leave. And just, just we're just going to get by this next six hours and we're just going to, that's it. So went in, it was wild. I started the concert in the nosebleed section. I ended the concert within 20 rows of the stage on the floor. Very nice. And it was just, because... Nobody was sitting where they were supposed to sit. No. People were jumping the boards. People were leaving. I was looking down. People were just dancing in the hall. People were dancing in the terminals. How old were you when Fish came to town? Four. Okay. So that was before my time. And so the Fish was what? 95? 96-ish, I think. I, you, want to, you want me to really... I'm not... It's not to, to, to date anybody, but I was <laughs> I was in kindergarten. Okay. So I did not go to the Fish show. Did you go? Yes, I did. The Clifford Ball? I did. How was that? It was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. More people than Plattsburgh has ever seen or will ever see again. 
I think. Have you ever seen the documentaries of those? No. They have the DVDs? I think you can watch them. So what was your experience like for that, that you remember? It was, you know, the porta potties were disgusting. And that's the thing that stands out in my mind. Like, there's no way. I think it's a typical girl answer. Like, oh, yeah. it was just awful. But, but what, you know, just a different kind of, a whole different group of people. And they're nice and they're friendly. And it was just a fun day. Well, it was, it was multiple days, right? I only went once. Okay. I only went for one. I was going to say, I think it was like two or three days long. I don't know if my anxiety could have handled camping there. Well, yeah, that's true. And I, I think I think that they played like two or three sets a day. Yeah, yeah there was like, it was a true festival. Yeah, there was play, music take like some all time off, play, yeah. take some time off. And um, I know there was, a, there was a DVD on it or something and I watched it. And my father-in-law... My brother-in-law went to it and was at one point like right in the first like one or two rows. And my father-in-law was at the concert, friend of, I believe, I'm going back in time, Alex Berry, who I just told you, I believe Mark Berry was part of the um, the uh, base. The development. Yeah. And I, I know he was kind of very involved in that whole process. And a couple, um, was it Clyde, Cl- Clyde, Clyde Rabideau? Rabideau. I don't know him personally, but I know the name. So he, a lot of them were kind of doing that. So my father-in-law was friends with them and, or friends with Mark or whatever. So he let him go kind of backstage and he had done some appraisal work for, you know, different base buildings and stuff. So there's, he's like, yeah, I was backstage. I remember like sitting up above the band, watching the band from the side and I could see his son, my brother-in-law in the stands. So we're like, oh, okay. So we're watching the documentary and I saved it. No way. There's a picture. There's this guy, arms up on like, the side, I don't call it a catwalk, but up like a catwalk and it was up around the top and he was sitting there, arms kind of on the railing, just kind of holding himself up and like just looking down at the concert. And it's my father-in-law. No way. And Jerry? Jerry. Oh yeah. Hey. He's got the, he's got kind of like the, the old 90 like perm puff, whatever kind of haircut he had and literally just like, you know it's him because he's just like little scrawny guy and he's got like... I think he's got like khaki, like I don't know, like khaki shorts on, and he's got like a tucked in like polo shirt. And I'm like, this guy's not a fish like fan, so he's obviously like in the backstage. But it was so funny watching him just sitting there because he had told us this, and I remember watching like Gene, Gene, get over here. <laughs> we took a picture and sent it to him. So I still, I'll, have, I'll show it to you before you leave. I still have it on my phone, and I was like, what? A, and that's that's my only knowledge of it. It was fun. Have, do you, have you been to a lot of festivals? No. So in nineteen. 19- 94 i think we went to the woodstock revival the 25 year yeah not for me was it 94 99 because 99 was a big one too 99 99 was all the mud that was the big mud pit then it was nine i wanted to say it was in the earlier 90s but it could have been 99 it all blends in um we drove all the way there and my husband had a sports car at the time brand new bright red and you were parked probably out in the field with a bunch of hippies. Parked in the field and somebody pulled up beside him and nicked their door with the side of our car. And Mark looked at me and he said, we're going home. And I didn't blame him. I mean, that wow. just wasn't, yeah. it just wasn't really my scene, the mud and the, the rain. Well, the thing was too, at the time they had some old artists and this, like, trust me, I've like done a lot of research on these guys. It was like watching old videos and. It was a big mixture of like bands at the time, because like back in Woodstock, it was a lot of like the like the folk and the classic rock yeah. and and uh, I mean I don't think was it sixty nine was Woodstock sixty nine, but you had like well you had like a you know 
Hendrix is back then. And I don't know if you, like you had a lot of like, I don't know if like the doors were playing or these bands like that were coming over, but like if you took, um, they were a lot of the same genres. And I find that like when 99 went, they had like, I remember like Limp Biscuit played there. And I only know this from like, like scenes. It wasn't there obviously, but like they were like punk rock, alternative rock. And then you had, you know, you had some of the old bands coming back that had been played, probably played at the original Woodstock. And there's just a plethora. Like I love Dave Matthews. Like there's a plethora, and like they were playing. It was just a very odd vibe. And I just remember there was just different from like things that I've watched. It was a very big eclectic like group of music that probably was not like. You know, sometimes I find that I've been to a lot of concerts. I feel like people go not for the music, but to say that they've been. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. For something like that, I could see because. Yeah, because and I, I really like to. I really like the music. Yeah. You know, for me, it's about listening to the music when I go to any concert. So what's your favorite bands? Oh, my goodness. I have so many. There are really too many to name. What's your favorite concert you've ever been to? Tool. Really? Yes. I was not going to... Th- okay, I wow. know. You were not expecting that. Was that was not where I thought this was going. No. Where, where did they play? Montreal. At Bell Center or Bell uh, Molson Center. or, yeah, or at, the Forum or whatever they call it back Whatever then? it is. Okay. No, it was just a couple of years ago. Really? Yes, and I got tickets to go back last year. And couldn't go because COVID. Wow. Yeah. So is that like a, is that just the ba- you just like tool the band? Yes. Okay. Yes. So and, it. And what it's, made it the best show you've ever been to? The intensity. Oh, okay. So this, yeah. this like this so, is great, Nance. Let's hear it. So the lead singer <laughs> has had a lot of a lot of stuff go down in his life. Okay. And he doesn't show his face in concert. He kind of hides behind the stage, and if you peek around, you can kind of see him. Okay. But he doesn't take. The front, he's, he's had a lot of abuse. Okay. He suffered some very, very heavy abuse. Wait, can you actually... You can see this guy's face, though. Like, no. you know what he looks like. He keep Well, I can't say I could pick him out of a crowd. Really? Yeah. He, his, oh. he, he was in this... He looked like a... He wears, like, a hood or something? Like a military... Like, hood. Okay. Like a military mask. And he was all in black. Wow. Yeah. So he just, like... Kind of. So you really stage have fright, to. Kind of. Yeah, you really have to be there to enjoy the music. Okay. Because it's not like a show. How many members are in the band? Four, I think. Four? Okay. Yeah, four. I want to cool. say. Cool. I was not going to guess that. I know that. it was super intense. My husband got me into that, so shout out to my husband. Was that just a band he grew up with? Like he just, just has it? always like loved Tool, with, but they were with more nineties, right? Or no, earlier than that. Uh, later, a little bit later on. Were they? Because I remember, I remember them and like the buzz and like the, like the alternative mm-hmm. kind of music. But um, Dave Matthews is a favorite. Love Dave. But again, you know, I've been to a couple of shows, and I just want to tell those kids to get out of my way and sit down. Yeah. You're in my way. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, I know almost every Dave song. I just want to go listen to music. I yeah, don't want to dance. Just, I just want to like listen to the music. Just want to have exactly. a drink. Want to relax. Just want to watch the music. The thing is with Dave. Those every single member of that band is an absolute incredible musician, mm-hmm. and the cool thing about it is throughout the whole show, every single one of them has multiple leading roles of the song. So they go around and they'll kick around solos, and they'll have like this guy will have a solo of this song, and then they'll. Um, one of my all-time favorites was when they played. There was two, Two Step Live, and then Warehouse Live are two of my favorite live songs that they play, and they usually do like a round robin. Where they'll jam, you know, Dave will jam, mm-hmm. then it'll go over to like Tim Reynolds, then it'll go over to like Jeff Coffin, the guy who plays um, um, the sax, 
And then it goes all the way around. And then my favorite is Carter, the drummer. And Carter just goes, and he's usually the end guy. He just goes off. His two-step, if you look at the 2018 or 19 show at SPAC when they they showed the entire concert, mm-hmm. go to the very end, last song, two-step. It's 18 minutes long. It is the absolute best version I've ever seen. And Carter's solo at the end is incredible. If you're bored. And you don't have to watch the, I get the three-hour concert. You can go right to the very end and watch two-step. And I, w- I, think it I was, may have been at that show. This was 2000. I want to say it's 2018. I could have been. Like phenomenal. I say, all the years, <laughs> you know. I've been to concerts, you know, my mom and dad used to let me go to Montreal to rock concerts. And I mean like Motley Crue, oh, wow. yeah, Guns N' Roses. And I'm thinking they clearly did not know what was going on. Is Mot- Motley Crue, were they the band that came up with the documentary, The Dirt? Was that them? I That's not familiar to me. Was that, it's on Netflix right now? Or was on Netflix? I don't know. Mot- so the drummer mm-hmm. would drum in like a glass box. And he, they would like lift him up over the stage and, and like twirl him around in this glass box. From Motley Crue. From Motley Crue. Who was the drummer again? I can't it's think not, of it. Uh, isn't um, Tommy Lee, Nikki Six? I can't think of it. It's not of, Tommy Lee. He was no, the drummer. He was, I don't know. Okay, I won't put you in spot. Yeah, I, I cannot recall names. That's fine. So so that was just one of the random. Yeah. She in Montreal. Montreal was, Montreal was a pretty intense music city. It is. It's one of my favorite cities. It, like, in general? In general. What, do you travel a lot? Didn't you go, you went to Europe, right? We went, my, Mark, whoops, Mark and I went to Ireland in October yes. of 2019. Because I remember talking to you at a closing right before you went. Yeah, that was a great time. You told me to go to Killarney. Yes, did you go? And we went. Did it was a great like time, it? yes. Live, there was a live Irish band. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I got so sick that night. <laughs> in Killarney. <laughs> yes. So Killarney was, my grandfather grew up just outside Killarney. And Killarney was like his, that's where he went to school. That was like their main city. So I've gone twice and Killarney was where we spent, we stayed in, in Killarney. We went to Dublin, we visited Cork and stuff. But now did you go all the way around? We didn't go to Northern Ireland. Okay. So we landed in Shannon. Yep, because I'm not a super like I love Montreal, but I was a little nervous about Dublin because it's such a big city. Mm -hmm. And we rented a car and drove around the countryside. Awesome. Yeah, it was it was just the time of our it was literally the time of my life. Now, was Shannon Airport as dated as I remember? Yes. Okay, that thing has not been updated in years. No. Mm -mm. Talk about disgusting bathrooms. I went in this place. I can't even believe I'm like this is what the bathroom setup looks like it was insane yes the uh so (laughs) um so what 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 counties did you visit now you're calling on my memory but if you go down shannon you go down to limerick limerick's usually just south we stayed in galway okay and that was our home base so we rented an apartment there and we would take day trips except when we drove to Killarney, we stayed a few days there yeah did you go to the lakes of Killarney? is that where there's i think three lakes and they're all connected it's right in Clarny. It's like down, it's downtown. I don't like, know that we did. We, um, from Clarny, we took a bus tour. The only time we didn't drive ourselves. And I think we did the Ring of Carry. Yep. And that was, a, on that. that was, that was just, I mean, it's like just Sligo phenomenal. Like Sligo and you went out to, um, they had, um, did, you must have saw it. They had the mountain in the water. Yes. Yeah. That's the, that's the highest peak in Ireland. It's, it's just, what a beautiful country. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause there, we went around the Ring of Kerry. We drove around it. We stopped at a couple places and like. The one cool thing about Ireland is that 
every little town take take like I guess the only way you can play it in Plattsburgh is like Margaret Street or Clinton Street, those tight buildings. But every building is, from at least what I remember, it was bright yellow, the red. blue, the red, the orange, the maybe not orange. I know that's like the Protestant color. There's is very Catholic. There's a but lot like, of red. There's a lot of red. There's blue. There's yellow, green, um, and they're all just bright and a lot of bold colors. And I mean, they got some white and stuff, but there's a lot of ones that just stick out. And they're yeah. just and every restaurant, bar, store, village, so many of them are still the old name, Old Brian's, McCullaghan or yes. McCallahan's. Like so, my maiden name is Butler. Okay. And I thought I'm French. Mm-hmm. No, I think I'm more Irish than I thought because there are things like Butler chocolate, and I think there's Butler coffee, and I didn't see anything with the last name McDowell, and I was really like, I thought. You were the Irish one, mm-hmm. but there was nothing that referenced McDowell. It was more Butler than McDowell over there. Have you done an ancestry thing? No, I haven't. I, I intend to. That's fun. I, I did that and it goes, I'm Irish and French Canadian is like majority. The fourth thing, I'm the fourth amount of things that I have in my genetics is from Norway. Really? Which I thought was kind of cool, but that whatever. Is kind of cool. Norway I think it was Norway. Norway or Denmark. They're both red and white with a flag. But I think I think Norway's blue and red and white. But I think it was Norway. But it almost zoomed in right to where my grandfather was born. Which really? Is, so you go down and it, it's Munster County, which is the, the where Kerry and Cork is the southern part of Ireland. And it kept going closer and closer, so you like wider net and as you zoomed in it kept going and it actually put me Killarney in just the outskirts, like kind of the northeast, because my grandfather grew like grew up like ten to fifteen minutes northeast of Killarney, just kind of like out and more in the country, and that's almost like spot on where my my stuff was. That's really cool. That's crazy. So, will you go back with Gina and the kids? A hundred percent. Good. Oh, hundred percent. I the only reason I wouldn't go right there's two things. I would go back now with Gina. I part of me wants to go just with Gina, just to go and not have kids mm-hmm. and just travel, like kind of what you guys did, mm-hmm. and just travel around. Because when I was a kid, we never traveled around the country. We took day trips. We spent most time in Killarney. Um, both of my sisters have gone back since I've gone back in the last probably five years, and they got to go with friends and they got to travel. And you know, I've never seen the Cliffs of Moher. They went to the Cliffs of Moher. Um, you have to do that. I know. And, and as a kid, we just never had time to really get up there because we had, had two sisters and we had my grandparents and we had, I think both times, one time we just had them, one time we had my uncle and cousins and we saw a lot of stuff. We just never got to go that way. We went to like Cork and we saw the, you know, the Blarney Castle and all that. But um, I want to go back with Gina and just do what you did and just get a car hop around Airbnb or uh, bed and breakfast sit and get around the city or not city, but the country and go to the cities and go do, you know, go do a bunch of stuff. Then I want to take the kids over kind of what we did. And when they're older, when they're older. And I would, I would probably like to take them when they're around 10, like eight, nine, 10, 10, 11, 12, something like that. And then maybe try to go every few years with them just to keep kind of going back. And cause I still have cousins there. So like I have like, like cousins on Facebook that we still follow and see. Oh, that's neat. So it's it's uh, it's cool. Like we, that's a big like part of our, like my family heritage is is that, and it's like Ireland. You know, we start more cousins are starting to venture over, and then of course we all go over and meet our cousins over there, and they kind of either you know get dinner, or go lunch, or they host you or whatever. So it's fun. So I thought we would blend in. 
We do not blend in. Well, your husband's a big man. He is 6'1". Yeah. And I'm not small either. So I walked up to a ticket booth. Um, where were we that day? Kyle Moore Abbey. Okay. And the guy had my tickets ready. And I said, how did you know? And he kind of, nobody is mean there. No. They have no. zero bad intentions. Yeah. Zero. And he kind of grinned at me. I said, we stick out, don't we? He's like, oh, yes. Do you <laughs> so, think because your voice or how you looked? I think all of the above. I think he, you know, we're, we're huge, first of all. Mm-hmm. We are like a huge people. Yeah, Irish people are not very tall. No. And I, I guess I looked the part of the tourist that day. And that's okay because I embraced it. That is what I was. You kind of look Irish, though. No? A little bit. I was right? say, yeah, I was going to say, you kind of, like, if I had to guess, I would say you're probably, like, Irish, Scottish, English, something in that. French. French, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, we're, like, which I think a lot of people up here, especially with, like, French-Canadian backgrounds, and um, the voice thing, I think, is one. I, it's, yeah, I mean, Ireland is, you can tell the Irish people when you're over there, because they, and everybody's, like, how do you know they're from Ireland? Like, how do you not know they're from Ireland? Like, when you right. look at them, I mean, they got the, like, a lot of the guys have, like, the round, pudgy, rosy faces, the girls... I find that a lot of them have, like, English, a lot of them have very pointed features, like chin and nose and, like, kind of, like, teeth and stuff. But when you go to Ireland, it's definitely more of a rounder, a pudgier, rounder. like, redder um, face. And it's, like, like I find that that's, I mean, that's just, well, my cousins have that over there. It's just, it's funny. Then you just tell you're definitely, because there's a lot of English and Irish are very similar. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely a divide between the two. Oh, well, yes. Now, could you understand people? I had a really hard time. And there was almost an international incident. But Mark saved me, thankfully. I asked for directions to our gate. And this very, we were at London Heathrow. Mm -hmm. And this very Irish, I don't know, um, she worked for the airline. She said, it's I-8. I said, there is no I. She said, it's I-8. I said, but there is no I, right? I'm like, I'm seriously confused. It was A, A. And by this time, you know, Mark has abandoned me. He's like, come on, I got it. You know, we'll find it. But she was seriously getting... Upset at you? Well, I won't say upset. I'll just say irritated. Yeah. So my grandfather's brother who lived in Ireland spoke very quick, little short. I mean, as Irish as Irish can be. And... He always said I, but I meant agreeable. So, like, if you were talking uh, to me, he'd be I, I, and he'd be talking to you, and I'm like, what the heck is he saying I? Like, but it meant like, yes, or okay, yep. And he was just agreeing with what you were saying, like, oh, keep going, I'm understanding mm-hmm. you. Like, but he kept saying I, and it, but that was an old way of saying, um, like, uh, I guess, like, language. I agree. Yeah. So, like, because you have Gaelic too. So, my grandfather, my grandfather passed away in. December, he was 97. Oh my goodness. From Ireland. Had ten bro- or nine brothers and sisters. So there's 10 in the family. And he could speak Gaelic still. Like, so it was kind of cool that growing up, he would say words in Gaelic. And of course, like, he's not going to teach you Gaelic because, you know, we don't, we're not going to actually learn it. But it was so, just why my name's Galen. Like, in the Gaelic way of, of Galen I sp- was the way it's spelled. But if you, um, like, the Gaelic language is very crazy. Like, if you look at the writing, except the writing, all the signs. Yeah, all the signs are still. In Gaelic, so that was kind of neat. It was kind of neat to see all yeah. of that. It's a very, it's a very historic in the past country. Because I just find that things are more dated over there. Signs, at least well, when I went. Well, my goodness, you're driving along a country road, and all of a sudden, there's a castle. 
mm-hmm. like right on the side of the road. I, I made Mark pull over. Like, I can't tell you how many times. No, you know, this is why we're here. Did you scrape it? Did you scrape any stone walls on the roads or trees? Almost. Because the Maybe roads are not wide. There's no shoulders on the roads. No. It's about a car and a half. Car and a half wide. Yes. We drove a Volkswagen Golf, okay, thankfully. That's good. So yeah. we were in a smaller car. Mm-hmm. I refused to drive there because it's all on the opposite <laughs> side. Not only you are on the opposite side in the car, but you're on the opposite side of the road. So you've got like double whammies happening. You know my history of driving here. There was no way I was chancing international tickets. International tickets. Like, I don't want to lose my license when I get home. Um, it was just such a great experience to be able to go. We can't wait to go back. Um, okay, so you, yeah, it's good. That's we will next. go back. Italy is on our list. Mm-hmm. And so one of my dream vacations is actually here in the United States. I am literally dying to go to California and take the P- Pacific Coast Highway. Mm-hmm. Highway and, 1? Yes. Only So we started semi-planning this trip. Okay. And uh, I start Googling things, what we could do. Part of the highway recently collapsed into the ocean. Oh. True story. Kind of like the Jerry Garcia, yeah. let's go. Good no thing way. Didn't go. Good thing we didn't go. It happened with Tom Petty. Let's go see Tom Petty. No, mm-hmm. I don't really care for his music. That was my husband talking. He died. I, I will never get to see Tom Petty. Just little things like that. Like, I don't want to put, I hate putting things out into the universe, especially negative things because- yeah. You know, if you want to do something, I think the moral of the story is just go do it. Is there is there still a musician that you would want to see now? And basically, just after you said, don't put it out into the world. But, but if there's something <laughs> you want to put out, like maybe something, maybe not your first pick, but your second and third pick. But are there people? Is there a band or someone that you're like, I need to see this person. I so, have to see this person at some point in my life. So living. So like a living band, because I could go yes. back and tell you all of the people who. Um, are- I do both. We got time. Um, we got uh, we got another like twenty five minutes. Oh my goodness! So okay, you can give both both examples. So, Led Zeppelin, I would have loved to have seen. Okay. Yep. Um, Kurt Cobain, and I can remember the day he died. It was like, it it was tragic. Yeah. It was just like one of the saddest days, and I can remember mid nineties, ninety three, I think ninety three or ninety four. Yeah. Um. The Beatles, of course. I mean, those are just... I'm just giving you gimmies. Um, but I can remember the day John Lennon died. I was eight. Wow. Yeah, well, my older sisters. Yeah. You know, played into that. Uh, living people. I would love to take Mark back to see Tool, if that's ever a thing again. If, and I'm sure it will be. Just um, concerts themselves. Concerts oh, yeah, themselves. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to get back to normal. Um, I'd like to see The Dead again. With John and with, everybody. With John. With a better with, appendix. Right. Okay. Oh, gosh. Who else? I mean... So if you had to go back in time, Led Zeppelin might be my... That might be number one. I was blown... Like, when you hear the sound of Led Zeppelin, blown away how they made music like that back when they did with the equipment they had. They just were very... It just seemed like very cutting edge, like very, you know, they were pushing the limits of back then. But I'm like, how did they, the, the recorders and the synthesizers, and they kind of had like the weird music and Robert Plant's voice is just like, I think 10 octaves. I don't know. That guy's just yeah, all over the crazy. place. So I listened to Led Zeppelin a lot growing up, you know, in high school. And then I didn't listen to them for the longest time. Oh. And I recently went back and I'm like, wow, I've been missing this. Like I've really missed the music. Have you ever listened to Greta Van Fleet? Yes. Can you pick them apart? Well, I mean, well, in the sense you can listen to a couple of them, 
And they sound so much like they Led are, Zeppelin. Yes, they do. Um, like the lead singer, you could have told me it's, it's Robert Plant's son. I've been like, I agree. I, I, I think agree. it is. Um, so part of me wants to say, you sound great, but I think you need to find your own sound because that was just so unique. But, yeah, you know, the other part of me likes it. I like the music, but part of me, again, it's like it almost sounds karaoke because they're that, they're that, that close to yeah, them. Yeah, they are that close. Um, Led Zeppelin, yes. I I also really like Queen. And this was before. Mm. I know Queen was like more like, it was late 70s, 80s, had a little more, more like poppy kind of music. But like this is prior to like the movie coming out. I always like Queen. Like I like a lot of that music. So those would probably be two. One of the bands that my first all-time favorite band that I really got into was Aerosmith. Okay. And when I was a kid, this is my genre of music. In 1997, I got a cassette tape of the Beach Boys. So they were talking like, my mom was like old school. My dad wasn't a big music guy, but my mom was. I got a the Beach Boys album. I listened to the Beach Boys album all the time. That was, you know, on the, on the cassette. And then probably three or four years later, I got an Aerosmith live CD. My mom bought two CDs. She bought an Aerosmith and she bought a Boston CD. Boston went to my sister. I got the Aerosmith one, purely out of whatever. She's got the two. First song was on the album was uh, Train Kept Rolling. Okay. And I remember listening to it. And I'm like, I love um, Aerosmith. So I have, I probably have eight to ten Aerosmith CDs. They weren't albums when I got them. They're CDs. And they were my all-time favorite band up until probably, probably the time I hit like, you know, maybe like sixth grade or something, seventh grade. We started to get more into like the popular music mm-hmm. of the day. Um, I would love to see Aerosmith. I think I might have seen them oh, that's back like in the... such a like... But I, I... So I went searching through my hope chest for all of my ticket stubs. Mm-hmm. I don't know whatever happened to them all, but I, I am like 98% sure... You saw Aerosmith? That I saw Aerosmith. Uh, with, the, I, with the original lineup? Yes. Ah, uh, I've done blood. But, that. you know, you're going back into the 80s and my memory is... I was probably 15 or 16 at the time. Well, they, they toured into the early 90s mm-hmm. with the original band or no? That I don't I'm know. I'm trying to like I'm remember. not good with the facts. Um, I would love to see the Rolling Stones, but not today. Yeah, like, like heyday. Ago. Yeah. My favorite thing to do to make my coworkers laugh, you're going to die at this. So we have glass sides on our offices. Mm-hmm. And I'll do the Mick Jagger strip by my coworkers' offices just to see if they're paying attention. I'll moonwalk. Like, can you move on? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I was like, <laughs> no, I cannot. Too bad we only have audio right now. Yes, we have to break it down. Um, and I really like to get a laugh out of people. You know, our jobs are so serious sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'll just do crazy stuff like like the sinking lady down the thing or the like steps. The sh- like the shopping cart person like yeah. walking down. Yeah. And they'll just look at me and, and I say to them, if I'm ever not here, you're going to miss me because who's going to do the Jagger strut by no, your window? They're just going to walk right by. No one. No one else will do that. And this isn't like closing a big deal. This is just like Nancy on a Tuesday. Yes. Just like, yes. Just going. Just trying to get somebody to smile and have a better day. The, the Rolling Stones, I had their 40 Licks album, which I think was like their greatest hits album. And they were good. Like they have some great music. I don't know if there'd be a band that I'd really want to go see. Well, like, not today. No, but even, yeah. But I, I liked them. I, I think like, I don't know, like I think a lot of the British bands, I mean, Led Zeppelin was British, but like. I don't know if a lot of the British ones really jumped out at me as much. David Bowie, I would have liked to have seen ago, like in the day. Like Pink, but, Pink Floyd or Pink Floyd a little too like. I've seen Pink have? Floyd. 
with the original lineup or is it semi-original? I don't know because, yeah. you know, it, these bands all change and I can't keep track well, of... It's kind of like you get some of the... like uh, Was it Roger Waters? And he's I know he's toured by himself before. I know he's toured with other people. But like going with, I would say a majority of the original lineup kind of deal. Cause I don't want to be specific, but I have a hard time recalling that specific show. Was it good though or no? Yes. It was in Montreal okay. at um, the place that is no longer... Like they don't have the forum. I think it's the forum, right? I think so. Um, It was cold. The music was good. We bumped into people that we knew. We were on the floor. Yeah, it was super cool. But then, you know, I can't recall all the details because I really feel like I've done so many things that it's hard for me to detail everything out. Have you ever played? Watch the Wizard of Oz for the Dark Side of the Moon album. Yes, that is trippy. That is cool. And and when they. It, it's pretty spot on. It is. So I actually, fun fact, watched it with my daughter that way when she was probably 16 or 17. Did you like it? Yeah. It's crazy. The one part, there's multiple parts. Like the whole like tornado scene is the great gig in the sky. Like that exact song starts and ends it during is, the tornado scene. It had to be purposefully done. Like mindfully, be. because how could you do that? How could you just make music well, that goes perfectly to a, a movie from the 30s? Remember when uh, the, the, like, the witch was on the bike for the first time and the music... Whatever the riff was at that time was the same exact length as mm-hmm. her on this bike. And it was kind of like a, it wasn't like a bell whistle, but it was something like that. It had like a, it definitely changed part of the now song. Now I want to go do that again. Well, you, you can cheat now. You can go on YouTube and just type it in because they've already overlaid the two. So really? you don't really like, I, I did this on VHS was like, get my yes, recorder, you have to hit get it, record, second hit lion it. roar and play. And, and so they've done it. See, I'm a little behind in the technology. Yeah, so you can cheat on a lot of stuff now, okay. so you don't get the full effect of like trying to like sync up the time. <laughs> sync it up. Um, but like when the when remember when uh, when they they crash, great gig in the sky, house lands, door opens, color sh- shows up, and then it starts playing money, and it's like yeah, and and like all the munchkins start popping their heads up, like the cash registers going, and I'm like, this is so true. It was. It certainly was. I kind of want to. So. Jim Snook, shout out to Jim. We make a great team. I I can't go through this whole interview without shouting out to the Community Bank team because they are my second family, honestly. I love each of them. They support me. We support each other. Um, And it's everything. It's from who can I call for you today to are you good on your paper supply? So they have covered literally everything for me. Um, Jim was telling me, because he's my my tech guy at work, that I can cast my phone to my smart TV. Oh yeah. See. Oh yeah. Apple See, Play. it's my age showing. Do you have Do you have a Do you have an iPhone? I do. Yeah, yeah it's Apple Play. Okay. So basically, what you go, it's usually when you're watching a video. I think it's on the outside of the video. You know, you have little icons. There should be one that looks like almost like two TVs or a TV with like a kind of a square or a triangle. If you click on that, it's supposed to shoot up. It's like Bluetooth. Okay. So it's cool. So like the TV we have in there, I do it for my computer or I do it for my phone. I just click and it shoots it up. I have to tell you, when I figure out technology stuff, I'm as excited as when I get a clear to close. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I, look, I did this. So how, do you run into technology issues often? I say often, like a couple times a year you run into like uh, that. Yes. And here's why. So I'm sure that there's classes and they prep us and all of that stuff. But I am so busy, I don't always take the time to figure out what the heck I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So then I'm stuck with, I need to know this yesterday. 
I don't really know it. And that's so unlike me to be in that position. But I'm focused on the work, my workflow for the day. And I'm not really focused on, well, at some point, I'm going to need to learn X, Y, and Z on my computer. But one of my biggest pet peeves is when technology doesn't work. And this is me. I, if, my, yes. if my computer or my phone or if something, if I was negligent and I did something and I broke it, that's on me. Right. If I'm trying to get this thing just to work like it's supposed to work yeah. and it does not work, it annoys me so bad because it's lost time. It's the and it's the 21st century. Yes. This stuff should work. Well, that and the fact that this have you found recently because you live roughly the direction I live that the cell service has gotten worse lately. Have you noticed this or no? So no, I don't I talk on the phone two or three times a week to my mom. Okay. Anyone else I text. Okay. I'm in a group chat with my sisters. You know, I don't, I don't call Mark often. Um, I text Katie. Um, occasionally I'll call Katie. Like I got her taxes done and she's getting a refund for the first time in like forever. So I called her to tell her that because that's fun. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm really a texter. So, and, and then if you're at the office, you're on the landline. Usually I do have some people that will call my cell, but I haven't noticed it there, but there's a place on the highway where you lose service. 374. No, 87 between okay. 35 where I get off and 37. So right around the airport. Okay. I think they must do something okay. to our Like by like South Junction, like yeah. that area? Yeah. Okay. And I lose service there continuously if I'm on the phone or if I'm trying to send a text. And I don't text and drive. I know I don't do that, but I have voice text in my car. It just won't go. So 374, if you go down 374 right before you hit... I, th- I think it's still Wallace Hill Road. Or Wallace Hill Road connects, cuts, cuts across 374 and goes back up to like the Nightingale spot. That little section, there's tree line right before you hit to that spot, dead zone. My call, when I won't drop. I can, if you're talking to me on the phone, I can hear every word you're saying. You will not be able to hear me. And huh. it is a, it is no more than probably a football field. It's just about 100 really? yards, just straight, nothing, nothing, nothing. You cover that 100 yards in probably five to six seconds and then you can hear somebody again. Um, I live in Morrisonville. I can get to the town of Plattsburgh office in two minutes. Okay. Legitimately two minutes. 2.15 if I got to wait at the traffic for someone to pass. But like two minutes, I can get to the like, middle of Plattsburgh, Route 3, Consumer Square in five minutes. And I can get to my office in about 12 minutes. And the fact that I have no service there quite often is annoying. Calls will drop. When I was trying, like, I was, I was quarantined, so I was like working from my house, and I'm sitting in my room. I can hear someone like, oh, "You there? You there?" And I'm in the middle of my house. I'm like, I'm like, this is why, like, COVID last year when we had like the two month breakdown, I was like, mm-hmm. I have no good spot to call. Calls are dropping. Calls are like, like, hey, sorry, let me move. Hey, sorry, I'm in Morrisonville, which I, Morrisonville is not Redford. Morrisonville is like. So I grew up in Redford, as I told you. Mm-hmm. Okay. This quarantine, so I worked every day. I've worked every day during everything. Knock on wood, I have been so lucky, and I shouldn't put this out there, but I didn't even have to stay like two weeks at home. I have just been so blessed with the whole COVID thing. But I grew up in Redford, and people are like complaining, and I'm thinking, listen, I grew up in Redford. My sister lived next door, you know, quite a bit older. We got two channels mm-hmm. on, on TV, and there was zero technology to speak of. 
you know, and you're complaining about being in your homes with all of your technology and you're like 100 channels on TV. Mm-hmm. Seriously, I think I think people should have grown up out in the country. Yeah. Like it, you really learn to appreciate. So when I moved to where I live now and it's my first I was a first time home buyer and we haven't moved. I got a pizza delivered at my door. When? Recently? No, when oh. we first moved. Oh, okay. So I think it was like 2000 when we bought our house. And I had not ever had a pizza delivered at my doorstep. I mean, yeah, when I was at my friend's maybe. Yeah. But for, for myself, I was like, this is so cool. It's like, it's the little things. You know, I don't use home delivery services as much as I should. You should. Like, I, like pizza places deliver. And I just, I'm like, I'll go pick it up. And I just think, I'm like always like, oh, for pickup, for pickup. And I'm like, why don't I just have them bring it here? I don't have to leave. Got you kids. don't have to leave. And I don't bring the kids. Like a lot of times it's just like, oh, I'm just going to run out and grab it quick and come back. So we don't have to get all the kids ready. Right. But it's like home like i i'm always nervous like they just don't deliver outside the city which i know is not the case and there's some other places too that will like chinese restaurants or or even like i know the thai place delivers too but i don't know if they go that far out so i live in peru and the two restaurants in peru started delivering Mm -hmm. during covid and we have taken advantage of that and is this pasquale's and living goods yes yeah and uh, they do such a great job Mm -hmm. so you know, I have to shout out to our local Peru restaurants because they do a great job with takeout and delivery. But it is really nice because it's truly contactless. Mm-hmm. So I give my, I think they probably have memorized my debit card number by now. But you just call and they say, hey, Nancy, how, how are you? You order your food, you give them your number, you can tip right on your card. And within a very short time, there's your food. Do you, do you, you like the Romeo Links? Yes. Okay. That's I my. I love them. I think when I go to Pasquale's, very rarely do I order anything but Romeo wings. I'll just get Romeo wings. Yeah, they're delicious. We get we get um, we usually go to Hobie's now because kind of the same. Yeah. And I always get Romeo wings, and we typically will get pizza and stuff for the kids or Gina. So, but I still am like I just want the Romeo wings, and I'll kind of pick at the pizza. Like we have extra, like they basically eat that. I might have one slice, but I just want the wings. Like yeah, the oh, wings are where it's at. Yeah, I'm a big I'm agree. a big wing guy. And the other thing is many many years of eating chicken wings there's also something to be said by the size of the wing and they're huge at pasquale's yeah and they actually have like meat on the bone yes where you go to some of these places they're they're more like pigeon wings and chicken wings or like yeah. they're these little small I'm like how do these even and a lot I of those agree. a lot of those are like the chain restaurants and they kind of just like pre-package them like give me pasquale's because you order 10, 10 chicken wings there you're gonna be full you order 10 chicken wings at some like other place and it's like dude these are like it half is, the size i agree I'm a very big snob when it comes to chicken wings. Well, for for good reason. Chicken wings might be, they might be my, I don't know, I'd say my favorite food. Because I'm always like, when you talk about like favorite food, you, a lot of times you kind of go towards the comfort food. I don't consider chicken wings comfort food. Chicken wings are like, I like them, but like everybody likes pizza. Um, like I had shepherd's pie last night and shepherd's really? pie could be like on the list. Because so let me ask you this. Do you put gravy in your shepherd's pie? Last Okay, so last night... Yes, because my wife's grandmother, uh, French Canadian, especially like Thanksgiving, like the the, uh, the the true stuffing, or no, the um, stuff not stuffing. What is uh, is it gravy stuffing? Whatever they make, but it has um, more like sausage mixture in it. Um, dressing, dressing, dressing. That's it. She makes dressing. So she put gravy in. It was way richer. Typically, when I put, if I was to make it, I probably would not put it in. But hers was like. 
the normal shepherd's pie of like the ground beef, potatoes, and corn. This is like, and and I put onions in it. This was like gravy. This had a little bit of cheese. This like really? she like probably, probably some like extra butter, sour cream, whatever she put in. Probably. It. Yeah. And I asked that because somebody that I know was making shepherd's pie many years ago, and they were making it with gravy, and I was like, gravy, huh? Because I've only had mine with you know peas, corn, ground beef, and mashed potatoes, and I love potatoes, any way, any form. Like even like scalloped potatoes. Love them. Okay. Because, like, scallops weird because I think it's the look of them, but they taste really good. They're so, delicious. Yeah. Um, mashed potatoes is what I grew up with, so that's kind of, like, the, the one that I really like. I don't mind baked potatoes, but sometimes they're too dry unless you put butter on them. Yeah. Um, but, again, Irish family, a lot of... A oh, lot of potatoes. Well, corned beef and cabbage is coming up. And, like, oh, no? No. Man, I, I know. I know. I love corned beef and cabbage, but the potatoes are... Everything's boiled. But I love boiled carrots. I love boiled cabbage. I love boiled... They put the onions in it, too. I love boiled onions. If the corned beef is, like, really tender, delicious. Yeah, I'll pick out the corned beef and the potatoes. You and like I'm, that stuff? Yeah. You like the carrots? It's the cabbage. No, the oh, carrots cabbage. I'm all right with. Yeah, cabbage, some people are, like, hit or miss. I like the cabbage. I always mix it. Like, I always... I don't eat the cabbage typically by itself. It's always, like, like a little bit of corned beef or potatoes and then the cabbage. You kind of mix the bite. But that is coming up. That is, again, growing up eating that. So I'm actually trying to keep next Wednesday afternoon open because I may sneak off and have an Irish toast I think two. you should. And that's, that's one I actually told Nick today. I'm like, just don't schedule me anything after like 2 o'clock next Wednesday because I may want to... One of my buddies' birthdays actually that day. So I'm going to see maybe if he wants to go get a drink. Double shenanigans. It's a great day. Yes, it is a a great day. day. It is one of my favorite days. But this is the thing. It falls on a Wednesday, but which is not good. But the cool thing is like, I'm an adult now. So I kind of can like, you know, it's like. Right. And you make your own schedule. Yeah. So I'm like, it could be a Saturday for all I care. But um, so we'll we'll, we'll sneak. I'll sneak out. I'll probably, I'll probably go and enjoy a pint somewhere. And and, uh, I don't know. It's just one of those. It's like, it's, it's just a holiday. It's like a minor holiday, but it's also kind of the kick off the spring for us. It is here, and, and today's warm I think too. St. Patrick's Day is probably one of the best days of the year, just because everybody's in a good mood. Mm-hmm. Everybody is Irish. Everybody's ready to party. It's well, it's so much fun. The other thing too is it's not a big big holiday, so it's a holiday around drinking because a lot of and and or drinking or food or whatever you want to call it. But like if you take Fourth of July is a big holiday, but the, and I love Fourth of July. But the problem with like something even like a Fourth of July is like Fourth of July sometimes has too much festivities. Yes, so, like like St. Patrick's Day doesn't really have a lot of fest- they can, but most of it's like I don't know. I'm just gonna like go meet some friends at a bar and have a drink and just yeah, day that's drink what it's out. about day and, drinking. Yeah, and it's like I that's kind of my thing. There's like there's, you don't have to prep, you don't have to have anything special. Just no. show up. You wear show green. up. You have so a, you have fun. Yeah. And it's a great day. It's there was a few years ago on a Saturday. It was on a Saturday, and I remember going out and meeting with a couple of people, pre kids, by the way. So this was kind of a big deal. I was like, oh, this is I was, I'm, those days are the, the be a while before this happens again. But went out, no kids, awesome. Met friends, did like the bar hop, went had dinner, corned beef and cabbage, had a couple of drinks, went home, and it was great. And you're at home by like eight thirty at night. It was great. The be- best thing, day drinking. Day drinking is um. So I'm not a big drinker. Okay. Not really. I'm the same as you. I'm a social drinker. Yes. I'm with friends. Yes. But I do like that mid-afternoon. If I'm going to drink, I like to do it between, say, one and four. 
mm-hmm. because you have time to go home and chill out. Yep. Then you go you go to sleep, have a full night's sleep, wake up next day, and you're fine. Yes. And, and that is it's like it's like the adult hack. There's a lot of things as you get older. Some things get better. Some things don't. And it's, it's like a trade-off as you get older. Some things are good. Some things get better. Like like I said, you're trading off. Day drinking, I think, is one as you get older, it becomes a little bit more enticing. Because when you're a kid, you don't want to day drink. No, you don't go you out don't... when you're a kid until you're like 10, 10 p.m. Oh, yeah. I mean, and like, now, like at my age, I'm in bed by 10 p.m. I got a good solid hour of sleep by 10 p.m. <laughs> after a day drink. I'm like, I'm good. Like You, you guys right. go knock yourself out, man. I got, got some water in me. I got some electrolytes. I'm ready to go. So... Yes, I agree. St. Patrick's Day. We're looking forward to it. You actually came in with a very nice Irish um, mask on today, which I which did. I did like that. Do you have Kavanaugh shamrock mask? So this is because I'd be shocked if you didn't. Okay, so we did. The problem was the one that was made early. Like we had it before we even came back. And I was like, this would be great. Um, I didn't like the fabric, so when, anytime I talked, it like. It was too close to my face. So anytime I talked, it basically would bunch up in front of my mouth. So I was constantly, I could wear it. But if I'm going to a house, I'm talking to clients, I'm like, I, I talk. So I'm like, I, I can't wear this. So I ended up going to the buff, the thing that was nice. over. Yes. And I never had it. It was not a branded thing for me. I just had a buff. I liked it. It was around my neck. I wore it all throughout the summer. And then all these reports came out that said the buff was not, you could like, People were like showing, like, you can blow a candle out through the buff. And you could do, so it wasn't protecting what it was supposed okay. to protect. And so I really, when it first came out, I was like, okay, this is kind of stupid. Like, it, like I think it's fine. Plenty of people are wearing it. I went to a house and a client who was, I would say on the, on the scale, was a very concerned person with it, made me, gave me a medical mask to change into. So, okay. which, whatever. I wasn't offended by it. I was like, whatever, no, that's whatever. fine. No, whatever. Yeah, if you want me to do it, I, I care less. So from that moment, I started wearing them. I'm like, this is actually way easier to talk with. So then I started, I've only worn the medical masks since, the blue and white one. So I don't have any fancy masks. Yeah, I have masks for all seasons. That's a little great. bit of flair. And I have to say, I am pro-mask. Mm-hmm. I haven't been sick in a year. There you go. And I usually get sick at least once or twice with a cold or whatever. Mm-hmm. Nope. Been just as healthy as can be. Loving life. Don't mind, don't mind not really going places because, you know, we touched on that. Mm-hmm. Child of the 80s growing up in Redford, there's not a lot to do anyway. You, can, you could entertain yourself. And that was, Absolutely. The, so 2020 was the healthiest year I've ever had because I, I see a lot of people. Yeah. Shake a lot of hands. I'm, I, I'm not a huge hugger, but it depends on the person. Like if, I, if I'm in a setting and they're like a good friend of mine, definitely. Um... But I just was, and of course you're not close to people, and you're far away, and people aren't getting together. So like, I was great. Now, I mean, I preface this with somehow I ended up catching the darn thing, but it was not because I was like in a group of people. Like it just, it I don't just, know. I think it just happens, you know. Yeah, maybe just like bad luck and pass a person, whatever. And but the whole point of it was, I just felt so good from 2020. I'm like, I'm just not getting sick. This is great. And I kept it thinking I was gonna get sick, and I have allergies. I'm like, besides like a slight stuffy nose, like yep. for an hour or two, I was fine. Yeah, my allergies are kicking in right now. It's not it's so much fun to go out in public and sneeze right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not as socially acceptable no, as it used to there, be. There are some dirty looks that happen, but I just say I have allergies, so please don't worry. And okay. also, um, sneezing and like runny nose is not a really big symptom of COVID. Good. 
I was looking it up. They said like runny nose, but it was like so far down. It's mostly respiratory. And Did you lose your taste and smell? No, I didn't. I'm fine. So I, I was looking at the guidelines and they're like, okay, here's like 10, 11 symptoms. And I had like all of them, but two or three. And the taste and smell was was like two of the three I didn't have. That's good because people are really struggling getting their taste back. I've heard that. And I, and, and everybody has different symptoms. Some people don't have symptoms. Some people are really bad. And I was, I would say on a scale of one to 10, I was probably the three, four level where I had a little bit of like one or two days of like, you know, I wasn't hurting. I just had low energy and kind of achiness, but it was like just laying in bed was fine. I wasn't like hurting. It was like, Oh, this is kind of, kind of nice just to lay. And then now I'm finding now being out and about and getting back to normal days, I'm getting tired way quicker. So like, you, like I was telling you, like this is my second coffee and I bet this has been great, but I know in probably like an hour, two hours, I'm going to start like hitting that wall. Yep. So that's the only thing I've really found. And I hate to tell you that, but you're going to hit that wall the older you get, the Quicker. earlier in the day. <laughs> well, then I was saying my, my daughter has decided that she just wanted to like ramp up getting up at night. So partly, like she was always good about sleeping. So me, I was, we have three kids. My wife usually gets up with the newborn. I get up for typically any of the other kids and she just decided to keep waking up more. So maybe some of the tiredness is from my, like I said, it. I love, absolutely love having a daughter, but the last few Not nights so she's been patient. That... Our, our, our patience is waning. She's great during the day. It's just at night. She's, she's usually good about going back to sleep. It's, she just will cry until you get up. And usually it's like, get to her before she wakes the baby up. And let's just try to. Yeah. Every stage that I've come across being a mom mm-hmm. has been my favorite stage. When she was a newborn, I was like, this is my favorite thing. How come I didn't have kids sooner? And then she was a toddler and then she could communicate a little bit more. And I was like, no, this is my favorite stage because now she can tell me stuff. And, you know, now she's an adult. And this is your favorite And this stage. is my favorite stage. Well, now you get to like have a friend to go do all the fun stuff with. She just right. turned the big, the big important 21. Day. That's yeah, right. So. I, I think once you hit 21, there's really not much else you have to look forward to from a date perspective, like an actual age perspective. Maybe, maybe no. we need to tap into your retirement. I don't know. <laughs> like, um, even I'm at that point, sure. you're like, I don't know if I'm looking forward to that. It makes me sad because we didn't get to go see her on her birthday. She We're, in Vermont. She's in Vermont. So we really follow those COVID guidelines. Mm-hmm. We don't want to make anyone sick. Yeah. We don't want to get her sick. We don't want to get sick. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. I'll have a big blowout when it's all said and done. Be For good. sure. Yeah. I can't wait. You know, those the luncheons and the meetings... And all the things we had to do now become have become things we want to do again. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait until we do another bank luncheon with all of the realtors or, you know, um, trivia night or it, whatever. It's funny, like what you, the, the simple things you miss. Yes. Like even during like, I remember when the lockdown was like driving around and just seeing people was fun. Like you go out to get like groceries or we just throw the kids in the car and drive around for an hour just to get out of the house and mm-hmm. just to see stuff and i was like oh my god it's like this is, people are still alive and this is still the like yeah. the, this is still plattsburgh <laughs> i have not seen my mom since thanksgiving day of 19 of, of uh, last 20. year so she was in assisted living mm-hmm. and they have their covid guidelines which mm-hmm. was fine um but then she had to take some rehab at one of the nursing homes and they they we're close to visitors. Oh. So she is moving back to assisted living this week. So it's a good story. And mm-hmm. uh, this assisted living facility does have visiting guidelines. So I am super stoked to see my mom. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, that's, well, that's it, great and news. And it, it is great news. Um, my mom is just 
you know, my parents, I, I hit the parent lottery. Okay. There. Um, they were just great. My, my dad was just a great, great person. Um, he taught me a lot of what I live by. Be mm-hmm. careful what you wish for, you know, which is really watch what you put out in the universe. Gonna say, um, watch out Tom Petty and, and John and Mayer. And all, yeah. Yep. Um, what else? I think hard work, you know, you can get whatever you want if you're willing to put the time in. Mm-hmm. That was another one. And here's one that's super basic. Take two aspirin and call me in the morning, which is really what he was saying was go sleep on it because things look better the next day. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's true. I, yeah. I, I mean, that is sleep changes. It's funny how just sleep can change everything. Sleep can change you everything. You sick, next day you feel good. It's like, it's just crazy. It's like yeah. a magic pill. Yep. And, uh. Gosh, there was another one that was just on the tip of my tongue. But really just basic stuff. Um, oh, you know, choose wisely because life is hard enough and it can become harder with the choices you make. <laughs> and it's true. Like, it, it is so true. Yeah, don't, don't dig the hole any deeper. Don't dig the hole. Um, and my mom was just a super hard worker. And I really just learned a lot from my mom and dad. Is your mom still, like, mentally still sharp? Most days. Yeah. Yeah. She has... I mean, that's, that's the thing. If they're, if they're still sharp and, like... That's when it's fun. Like that was. Yeah. So my dad was sharp right up until the day he passed away. Mm-hmm. My mom has advanced Parkinson's. She's 86. Mm-hmm. So it's a little, it's a little more of a struggle for her yeah. um, with all the medications and the, you know, the changes in her venues, even mm-hmm. and we moved her out of her house to assisted living. She had to go to Meadowbrook for rehab. And now, you know, she's going to go live at Pine Harbor. So there's been a lot of, a lot of venue changes and that's really tough on our elderly and, if I'm ever a philanthropist and I just have money to do whatever with, I am going to to build an assisted living facility with advanced healthcare options because yeah. we are really lacking in that in this area. That's something I'm not as in tune, not as in tune with because I don't see it as much. It's kind of like yeah. when I do like like stuff involving kids now because I have kids and I can yeah. kind of see like oh my god, like yeah, like I want to do stuff that involves kids. But again, as you start getting more like. You're more aware of that stuff now because you're kind of in it a little I'm bit in more. It. Yeah. yeah. Then it becomes, hey, this needs to, this needs to be fixed. Yeah. So. And thank goodness for my sisters. Um, my oldest sister, Linda, she has really taken my mom's health care and made it her priority. Mm-hmm. She's retired. She's yeah. you know a little bit older than I am, so she has, you know, I don't know how I could do it with work. And it, I mean, it yeah. is truly can be a full-time job. Yeah, my mom does care. it with my, well, was with my grandpa, but grandma now. So it's like, it's, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot, but, um, yeah, things are good. The market's good. Everything market's is good. Crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. It's going to get wild in about a month and a half. It's going to get absolutely wild again. That's the... like we saw in uh, June of last year. That's my, like right now it's like, it's, it's going, it's going to get wild. So I do refinancing as well. Mm-hmm. And typically I have a couple of months, January and February, where I'm, I, I call Tim and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to have a job. You know, it's so slow. I had three days this year. That was it where I was like. Kind of a slow day. It was, yeah, slow, three. Yeah. And then it was just right back in. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's wild. Real estate right now is crazy. And hey, like I said. We're in it, having fun, doing yeah. it. Nance, I gotta, I gotta, we gotta wrap this up. Okay, thank you so this much was for an having abso- me. This was an absolute blast. And I'm glad thank you came you. on. And um, I don't know if you were nervous or not, but you didn't show it and you crushed it. So this was good. I wasn't super nervous, but you know, it's a little outside of my comfort Different. zone. So there's a little, ner- yeah, but fun. It's not bad. 
Again, no. nobody's listening. You're fine. <laughs> Nobody. Is is actually, listening. I was just yeah. looking at the numbers the other day because I don't really check the numbers. But like, when you look at like, I think it was the last like two or three days. No, the past week there's been like a hundred people that have downloaded it, which, like, maybe it's not a lot. But when I look at that, I'm like, that many people actually download to listen to it. And I think right now we're up to almost nine thousand downloads. You're kidding? Yeah. No, no, it's not like this would be like you downloading like ten episodes would count as ten. Okay. So it's not like as it's not nine thousand people listening to it, but like overall, I'm like that's actually a lot of people when you start because what's happened is my average listening rate has continued to climb. And I looked at the other day, like my last like certain amount of episodes are now getting up into like the average of forty something listeners, where it used to be like ten, and really? now it's like getting up to forty. So I'm like, people are it's it's just good. It's growing. You might like. There's only been a couple that have cracked the hundred mark. Ooh, so this could be. I it. don't know if I'm that. Depends how many people you share it. All right. We're going to wrap it up. We're going to get a photo of those. So we can get, this is how you will pump it up and, and share right. it. That's all right. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Make it look good. So, um, Nancy, if anybody needs to reach you, how do they How do they find you? I have my own website now. Okay. I need to drop off some cards. Um, okay. <laughs> I have cell phone. I have... Well, what's the website? What's the cell phone? Or not cell, maybe not cell phone, but what's like the work number? What's the... Uh, 518-563-5377. Ask for me directly. And that way you'll be sure to at least get my voicemail. And this is Community Bank. Community Bank. On Four, your, your yep. Route 3. Smithfield route three, Boulevard. 468 Route 3. And what's the website? I don't have we'll put it. In the show notes. <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes. That's it. Um, all right. That is episode 120. Nancy, thank you so much for coming thank on. Thank you. It was a blast. Um, and that is it. Episode 120, Galen Trombley Show. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling, G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.